Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and I am so excited to have you here with us for today's show. Excited to have a great conversation with Jamie Holt from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast on our program today. Locked on Blue Devils, your daily podcast regarding all things in the Duke athletics world. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe our podcast for free wherever you get them. And a reminder that coming in the new year, we'll be making the move over to YouTube. So go ahead and subscribe to us over there. It will mean a lot when you do that. Today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. All right, as we begin today's podcast, we are so excited to bring on Jamie Holt from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast. He is the third member of their crew. We'll call him the third musketeer as uh, we're excited to talk all things Duke football and Duke basketball as well. Jamie, I appreciate the time. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, JJ. I appreciate you having me on. I've been looking forward to doing this. Yeah, no doubt. I've enjoyed my conversations with Josh and Brian, and I said, you know what? Jamie's up next. Jamie is the guy I want to talk to next and uh, want to know what he has to think about the Mike Elko hire, Duke basketball, and a whole lot more different topics. So if people are just now finding my podcast, Jamie, and I'm saying Section 17 podcast, I'm talking about Duke football talk, and they have no idea what I'm talking about. They haven't heard any of my conversations with uh, Brian Kennedy or Josh Cox. Tell me a little bit about the Section 17 podcast, how you guys came together, and how the podcast came to be. So, Yeah, me and Josh and Scott have been friends and known each other forever. Uh, I more recently met Brian back a few years ago through mm. a through our actual fantasy football league. Okay. But but we're all, you know, obviously big Duke fans. And there was no real, you know, Duke football concentrated fan fan site. And we decided to start Duke Football Talk. And we started it on social media first with right. through Facebook and through Twitter. And then, you know, during the during the pandemic, we kind of, you know, decided to start a podcast <laughs> and and that's what we did. And it's kind of just grown and grown and grown and gotten bigger. We've been able to have, you know, multiple guests, players, personalities from the other team, radio personalities. Uh, Dave Harding was one of our first guests, which was which was awesome. He he came on with us, you know, within the first couple of months. Right. So it's been it's been a real real journey that's kind of gotten me to step out of my comfort zone. Right. <laughs> you know, talking talking a lot, which is not not my thing. So what about the the section seventeen, the name of the podcast? You guys go into football games together and how did that come to be? Yeah, well section seventeen is just it's the uh it's the section we sit in. So we sit and we sit at the very top, hence the name section seventeen podcast and we always joke about we sit on the top row because we're old guys and our, we need our backs to be able to prop up against the wall so. <laughs> no doubt no doubt that's awesome it was a whole lot of fun to listen to you guys throughout the football season you can go back and listen to those shows to hear their predictions as you mentioned you've got the radio interviews with the play-by-play voices 
of the other team. You did predictions before the year even got going. I was able to come on after the fact and hear about who had the top honor and that sort of thing. And uh, always love the alumni hall segment that you guys did for opposing teams and the facts that you would come up with with Duke football and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, definitely check out the Section 17 podcast. All right, Jamie, so Duke football has a new coach, Mike Elko, coming over from Texas A&M, where he spent the last three years as their defensive coordinator. The Aggies defeated Alabama this past year, which included the Heisman Trophy quarterback in Bryce Young. I'm just curious, what do you think about the hire of Mike Elko to be the Duke football head coach? I really, I love the hire. Coming into the process after Cutcliffe was uh, let go or they parted ways, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, my two favorite coordinators were Freeman at Notre Dame right. and Elko. Freeman, obviously, that that got out of the way early when when Brian Kelly went down to LSU and they decided they wanted to to uh, hire, you know, and stay with Freeman, which I don't blame them there. Yeah. And we hired, you know, Mike Elko. And just looking back through his his history as a defensive coordinator, if you look all the way back to Bowling Green, I mean, their defense when he first got there was pretty awful. So 102nd, they were ranked 102nd in total defense. But by the time they were, when he was in his fourth year, they were ranked in the top 10 in total defense and 13th in passing defense, 12th in rushing defense, just a crazy turnaround. And where I really look at is his time at, at Wake Forest because that's the school that we kind of, you know, a lot like. So, and we go after the same players and a lot of times and same type guys are going to be on our team. And he had Wake around the top 40 or so in total defense every year. Um, And that, I think, as Duke fans, we we would sign up for that basically immediately. Like, give me that. If we can be in the top 40 in total defense every year that, Mike Elko's coach at Duke, we're going to win some ball games, right? Yep. At Texas A&M, I mean, that's even more impressive. Doing that in the SEC. Yeah. Uh, Duke put out a stat just a little while ago, actually, that I was looking at. They released it on Twitter and on Facebook. He had 10 top 10 defense in five defensive categories in 2021. They were the third-ranked scoring defense in his final season at Texas A&M, only allowing 15.9 points per game. Uh, that's all pretty impressive. He had 48 all conference selections in his time as a defensive coordinator. So just a really accomplished defensive coordinator. And I'm really interested to see, you know, where he can go as a head coach. More times than not, when you take a look at a coaching search, it feels like schools go from one side of the football to the other when it comes to being their next head coach. David Cutcliffe, obviously very well versed in the offensive side of things. Mike Elko on the defensive side of the ball going into the search. Did you care? Jamie, if it was a defensive-minded coach or an offensive-minded coach, did that matter to you as much? I really didn't. I mean, I think my – once again, I will admit, because anybody can go back to the podcast and listen, like my my first choice was uh, Freeman mm-hmm. from Notre Dame. So, But, I, you know, Elko was a guy that I was fine with as well. I know Duke fans are kind of scared of the defensive coordinator hire because of, you know, the past with Ted Roof. You know, but – I look at it this way. Elko looks pretty accomplished. We got a chance to attend his press conference, and I was really impressed with some of the things he said. You know, he, he talked about Duke being being a name brand. You know, everywhere you go in the country, Duke means something. And he wants to get football on the same level 
you know, as basketball. So when when they, when you walk into somebody's house, they're not just thinking Duke basketball. They're thinking, oh, there's the Duke football coach. There's right. there's Mike Elko. He coaches Duke football. Um, and this, it's just I was really impressed with him. No, so it's it's just wild to think about the fact that you go back to to Carl Frank's offensive side of the football, Ted Roof, defensive guy. Immediately following Ted Roof, you go David Cutcliffe on the offense. And Duke is just the school, obviously, that we focus on with uh, it being our favorite school, obviously, this being locked on Blue Devils. It really does feel, for whatever reason, when college football coaches get fired, the next guy always is going to be on the opposite side of the football. And so I do love what he was saying as a head coach, now being in more of a CEO-type role, but that Duke defense needs a little bit of improvement after what we've seen over the past few years. Oh, yeah. And I think we will see it. I think we'll see it immediately because if you – once again, if you look at his past, you see the improvement pretty much immediately. Uh, even even looking back to Notre Dame, when he took over at Notre Dame, Notre Dame was like third from the bottom in FBS and defense, and their defensive coordinator got fired. He was only there at one year. Wow. But in that one year – they were 46 in total defense. I mean, what a huge jump. For sure. Like, so I think we can expect a huge jump on that side of the ball. And what's going to be interesting is his hires on the offensive side of the ball. Because I think that's where all Duke fans are really concerned. I mean, I know we've talked about it amongst ourselves on the Section 17 group. Uh, just we're not all that concerned about Mike Elko's hires on the defensive side of the ball because we know, you know, he's going to be kind of hands-on. Right. The defense, but the offensive side of the ball, that's going to be where you kind of need a home run hire for the coordinator. Somebody that's going to come in and be innovative. You need to score. I mean, Duke's got to be able to score a lot of points to win games. It's just that's how it is, and that's how Duke was under David Cutcliffe. When, when we were winning under David Cutcliffe, we were outscoring teams, but then we had guys, you know, in the secondary like a Mark Gilbert who can make a play right. at the end of the game to get you that turnover and win you the ball game. And that's kind of what we're looking for with our defense. And I think it can happen. I'm excited to see what Mike Elko can do. I want to talk a little bit more about that coaching staff. Again, you're listening to Locked On Blue Devils. I want to take a quick moment to tell you about our friends over at NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. NetSuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Welcome back into Locked On Blue Devils. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm so excited to have Jamie Holt from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast here with us. We're talking about Duke football. The Mike Elko era is beginning. He was able to meet with the media to be introduced. A couple of days later, he's recapping a Duke signing day class that had 16 players, six of which reside in the state of North Carolina. But with the new head coach, Jamie, means that someone has to go. And exiting the Duke football program is David Cutcliffe, who manned the ship for 14 years. In your words, what did David Cutcliffe mean to Duke football? 
he was he meant everything to Duke football. I mean, now when you think about Duke football, I mean, you kind of think David Cutcliffe. Right. He came in and took over a team that, in his own words, was probably. I remember him saying this in his in his press conference one of the most out-of-shape teams he'd ever seen in his life. <laughs> like, so he walked into a situation where it wasn't, wasn't good. That's really and, blunt right out of the gates yeah, from a new yeah, head. Yeah, really, really blunt. Press. So he was – and he was good, a great coach. I mean, we ended up going to the Chick-fil-A Bowl, me, Josh, and Scott, and that was one of the finest moments of my life as far as a Duke football fan. I mean, I'm sitting there at the Chick-fil-A Bowl watching Duke play – Texas A&M, you know, ironically, we've hired yeah. a defensive coordinator from them now. But uh, and Johnny Manziel right. you know, and Duke has just played a heck of a game. Like, and just so, and then they end up breaking, you know, a 50 plus year bowl losing streak. And we won several bowls under David Cutcliffe. But unfortunately, these last couple of years have just kind of gone sour ever since Daniel Jones graduated, basically. Right. And the QB situation was just not good. And we never could really solve that. Gunner was, you know, decent, but it still was just not good overall. And you could tell there was times where it looked like Cutcliffe had checked out almost this last year. I feel like. Without so. a doubt. Without a doubt. We'll see how the Duke football program can move forward and can continue. Obviously, David Cutcliffe, as you said, post-quarterback Daniel Jones, started to fall off and being the quarterback guy that he is, kind of inexcusable, and you're getting later in your career and that sort of thing, so best to move on. If you had to pick out a, a memory or two, Jamie, that like you're always going to remember, I know you mentioned that Chick-fil-A Bowl memory uh, with Texas A&M and getting to go with your buddies. Is, is it that? Is it going to the ACC championship game? Is it the wins over North Carolina? Is it bowl game victories? Like, what is it that you're always going to remember specifically about the, the win losses uh, for David Cutcliffe at Duke? Um, it's still a little bit of a lot of stuff. It's <laughs> like, there's, you know, there's the North Carolina game, the, uh, the Crowder catch. I mean, that was unreal. <laughs> I mean, just to be our rival, and it had been so long right. since we had beaten them, and that victory bell comes back to Durham. And Cutcliffe ends up, you know, beating them several times during his career. So that's a that's a great thing when you when you're able to beat your rival. The, obviously, the bowl game going down to Atlanta, like you mentioned, Chick Fil A Bowl, that was just one of my favorite Duke football memories of all time. Like I'm still unreal to me that I was sitting there yeah. at Chick Fil A Bowl just a few years after Duke hadn't even won a game right. in football. <laughs> you know, it's like we were coming off just a few years outside of Ted Roof where we were really Winless. really bad. Yeah. There we are in the Chick Fil A Bowl, one of the one of the top bowls in the in the country. So, um, and then of course, I, I always remember the Indiana game and the Pinstripe Bowl, breaking a fifty-plus year bowl losing streak is just that was special. And I mentioned on our podcast before, I don't care what Indiana fans say. He definitely missed that field goal. So, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'd forgotten all about that. Now you're bringing it back up. <laughs> That's wonderful. Hey, Jamie Holt is joining us here from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. These guys are always talking about Duke football, pretty much 365 days a year. All right, so we know Mike Elko is the head coach. We know that Lyle Hemphill comes over and uh, is being hired as a defensive backs 
coach for the Blue Devils over from Wake Forest. Some history with Elko there. And we're also seeing reports from Pete Thamel that uh, Duke is expected to hire Rutgers defensive coordinator Rob Smith as the school's defensive coordinator after spending 2019 at Texas A&M with Mike Elko. So between that, you mentioned offensive coordinator a little bit earlier. It also appears that Trooper Taylor is going to be the only guy remaining on staff from the past staff of Duke football offensively. Like what are some other names possibly that you're seeing, Jamie, or how else do you think this coaching staff could shape up? I really haven't seen any names offensively. Isn't it wild? <laughs> yeah. Keeping it a secret, so, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it seems like he's keeping it a secret. I know he mentioned in the press conference um, the bowl, you know, there's some guys that are involved in bowl games and stuff that he was, that he was looking at. But, I mean, it's really – Duke keeps things close to the best. I mean, we we didn't know too much about this Elko hire until right. basically right when it happened. Good point. You know, somebody, you know, leaked that we were interested in Jason Garrett, when I, which I'm not sure if that was ever actually the case uh, <laughs> or not. But as far as the, the defensive hires, I mean, I was looking more about this – about Lyle Hemphill and his uh, hire – I really like that hire. I mean, you got basically got a defensive coordinator to come and coach your safeties. Uh, and they led, they were tied for fifth in the nation this last year with 27 turnovers. I know they gave up a lot of yards, but they sure did make big plays. Right. And that's what uh, I had just mentioned a little bit before. Like if, you know, Cutcliffe had that guy there for a while when we were, it might have been a lot of points in the game. It might have gave up a lot of yardage. It was a bend kind of don't break defense, and they would make that big play like late in the game to get you that win. And that's where I'd, I'd love to see Duke get back to that. And it looks like Hemphill's defenses, that's what thats what they were known for is the big play. So Perfect. Yeah, no, if, if that can translate to Duke football, we're going to be in good hands if we could be uh, getting turnovers, that sort of thing. All right, before we uh, get to our next break and kind of transition the conversation more towards basketball, I do want to also bring up the Section 17 podcast recently released an interview with Mateo Durant following the season. Jamie, kind of give us a little preview about uh, how, how all that went down and what all you learned from that conversation with Mateo. Yeah, we're huge fans of Mateo Durant at the Section 17 podcast. And I know a lot of Duke fans are huge fans of Mateo Durant. And, it, you know, he didn't do anything to change that. Josh got a chance to sit down with him, but I was – listening in, you know, because I, I had tweeted at him all year and said how, yeah. how big of a fan I am, you know, and he just – he was – he's a good kid. Like, I, don't, I know I sound old by saying that, but he said yes, <laughs> sir, like so many times during that wow. interview. I was like, man, this is amazing. This kid was raised right. <laughs> you know, he comes from a town of 87 people. Right. Like, and to make it to, a you know, a Division One school, a P5 school, out of a town of 85, 87 people, that's a big deal. And now he's going into the NFL NFL draft. I mean, I, I doubt there's many guys that have made it that far in Plum Branch, South Carolina. So I, I look forward to seeing Mateo on Sundays. Yeah, we're going to be rooting for him wherever he goes. 
So we're going to have to have people check out that interview that you guys had with them for sure. Good stuff. All right. It's uh, it's Jamie Holt joining us here from Duke football talk section 17 podcast, really enjoying the conversation so far. I want to take a quick break, however, to tell you about our friends over at prize picks. As you know, college football bowl season is here. We're already seeing outstanding bowl games so far. Again, listening to us here on this Tuesday, yesterday, we had the great Myrtle Beach Bowl as the awesome bowl games continue. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, offering more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world. And it offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. It offers any prompt you can think of. For example, in basketball, you could play points, rebounds, assists, three-pointers made, and more. All of our users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times as much on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON or go to the App Store and download the app today. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. Final segment here on Lockdown Blue Devils today. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm happy to be joined by Jamie Holt. Jamie, let's talk a little basketball. Duke getting ready to start ACC play on Wednesday as the Blue Devils will take on Virginia Tech at home. Only one loss so far on the season. How are you feeling about the Duke basketball team? We're really good about them. They, they play defense at a high level. Yes, they is- do which is what I love to see. And we haven't seen – I don't think we've seen a defensive team as good as this year's Duke team since the 2010 National Champions. And I know I skipped over the 2015 National Champions, and they had a stretch where they played defense at a high level. But if you look throughout the entire season, that 2015 team, they really didn't play defense at too high a level. They they would get stops when they needed to. And, of course, when you have a guy like Justice Winslow, Winslow, you get those stops. But this year's team is their team defense is just outstanding. And they've they've been playing at a high level in every single game, whether it was Gonzaga, Ohio State, whoever, they're playing at a high level defensively and they're bringing it night in, night out. And that's what I love. I love to see. Who's been your favorite player to watch this season? Oh, easily Wendell Moore. Like <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I mean, him being from North Carolina to being from the Charlotte area, it's been a pleasure to watch. Wendell make the leap that he has this year and I know I think I, I think it was you that I, I tweeted at uh, earlier this week maybe I said he made that Nolan Nolan Smith leap yes he did you know, and he has like I mean he's put himself squarely in ACC player of the year conversation and in my opinion national player of the year conversation I mean he has to be in that combo right. and I'm joining you in that conversation because he's been yeah. that good yeah and he's he's just been fantastic anything concern you about the stoop team as they get ready for acc play uh rebounding would be my biggest concern it is kind of surprising yeah i don't i think it's more of a concentration thing with with them i mean i know you you can only blame it on getting bad bounces so many times but like at some point you got to box some guys out and just (laughs) get that board because we're we're bigger than most teams we got you got bancaro out there you got mark Mark Williams out there, who's extremely long. You can bring Theo John in. Like these guys are big guys, and like we're we're getting out rebounded or or you know being close to getting out rebounded against 
teams that should not right. should not push us around on the boards. And one of one other thing was was shooting. Um, they kind of had a get right get right week this week. You know what yes, I'm saying? Uh, I know Nolan Smith had said, you know, they were uh, working on the drive and kick during the off off time time, and that's what you could really tell because back to back games against South Carolina State and App State, they hit 15 threes. Right. Like, and they were really driving to the ball and concentrating on kicking it out to the open man instead of taking a contested layup or right. turning the ball over down by the basket. And getting open three-point shots and knocking right. it Right, and they were getting open looks, and I'll take those open looks. Like, For sure. I know we don't have the great shooters like we have had in Duke teams of past, but I will take an open three-pointer from Wendell Moore every time. I'd love to see it, and I think his percentage will just – will go up. I mean, his three-point percentage is like at 38.6, which is actually pretty good. Really you know, good, but, yeah. Um, but I think it'll continue to rise. I mean, because if he gets those open shots, I mean, he'll knock them down. And I, I'm not concerned with Wendell taking those shots. It's fun it would, to think about the improvements that this team had, even in those two weeks, the two weeks off, right? Because this is a Duke basketball team that already beat Gonzaga, already beat Kentucky, had already been number one at a certain point this season, a lot of people talking about myself included the drop off that we saw from Trevor Keels from game one down the stretch. And he responds by becoming the ACC freshman of the week because he was that good in three different ball games for Duke. So it is all, it's awesome to see how well this team collectively is playing Jamie. Yeah. And speaking of Trevor Keels, I mean, he played so under control this week. Like, yeah. And that's what you that's what you like to see. I love Trevor Kills the fact that once again he's a guy you can count on his defense uh-huh. night in night out. So it didn't matter if he wasn't playing well, he's not going to the bench because he's playing solid defense and he's getting you extra possessions by deflecting a ball or whatever he's doing. Um, but he really played under control this whole week, and instead of taking a contested you know layup, he kicked it out to an open shooter, or he might have been the open shooter that got the kick out. And you could see his confidence just growing. And you're going to have struggles with freshmen like that, but I could see him really being a key for Duke down the stretch in this ACC run. Yeah, as we get set for ACC play, if the shooting numbers continue to hold steady for Duke, they're going to be in great hands, sharing the basketball and rebounding. As you said, surprisingly, uh, the Stuke basketball team, 152nd nationally in rebounding margin. It feels like every other stat that you could ever think of, they're going to be in the top 10. But that rebounding margin, Jamie, as we're talking about, for whatever reason, they're in the 150s. Yeah, that's just the oddest thing to me. Like, because <laughs> these are these are big, strong guys. I mean, you look at Wendell Moore and Paulo Bancaro and Mark Williams and Theo John is like a looks like a man amongst boys out there, and it's just like. I just, I feel like it's a, it's a, I still feel like it's a concentration thing. It's, it's something that can be fixed. And I think they'll get better at it as the year goes on. I do and too. I really do believe they'll be fine. I do too. Uh, and that's just something that they're going to have to fix because you do not want to give up multiple o- offensive possessions when you go into ACC play. I mean, you can get away with it a little bit against your SC states and your uh, app states and your Elons. But somebody in the ACC, even though the ACC is a little bit down this year, they'll make you pay. 
We've got Duke basketball tomorrow, a 9 o'clock Eastern tip-off between Duke and Virginia Tech. Uh, Jamie, man, I really do appreciate the time. This was long overdue. Thank you for uh, chatting with me today on the show. No problem, JJ. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's Jamie Holt joining us on the program. Make sure you check out the Section 17 podcast for Duke Football Talk. Follow them on Twitter at DukeFBTalk. It is Jamie Holt on Twitter at JHolt915. You've been listening to another edition of Locked on Blue Devils. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm JJ Jackson at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.